my god! It brings me no pleasure to tell you today that what you're about to listen to uh, is not for the faint of heart. It is not uh, for children. Please don't let children listen uh, to this episode. This is this is a dark day in FFL history, and this is one of the one of the worst things that has ever happened in this league. We don't have all the details, so we're not going to speculate. What you're going to hear next is a raw, uncut clip from a conversation that was held that you hear a lot of emotion, you hear a lot of pain, so much pain, and uh, our thoughts and our prayers are certainly with the NW Wolfpack at this time. Viewer discretion, listener discretion, all of the discretions be advised. This is the FFL Podcast. What's up, Fight Fans? This is John Scarmato, leader of the NWO Wolfpack. For life! And you're listening to the FFL Podcast exclusively on FFL Plus. John, I know this has got to be extremely tough for you uh, in this moment right now. I know you're probably feeling um, so many things. Can you please, um, I know this is emotional for you. I understand having to go through this is tough, but if you could walk us through what exactly is going on right now, um, and if possible, just you know, share with us how you're feeling. Yeah, I hear you. It's it's definitely choppy, but I think we'll be fine. Yes, I hear you. You're good now. I didn't want to believe it. I saw it. The earlier, um, I saw some a bunch of fake news outlets post pictures, and uh, I got a call about ten minutes ago. That training, we're wrapping up. Uh, new gang down at Michael uh, called and said it is is on fire and I said what are you having a John John are you still there we it appears we've disconnected right as we heard that news that the cabin of hope was on fire. We disconnected. Man, this is, this is unbelievable. Folks, I, I don't know. I don't know where John is. I don't know how we will try to get back to him as quickly as possible. Uh, for now, let's quickly hear from our sponsors and we'll connect with John on the other side. John, 
You know when there's a big fight coming up? I'm talking massive fight feel. And you're so excited to see two juggernauts get in the octagon and have an out-out war. Shades of DC Jones, Khabib, Connor, Cyril Gaon versus John Jones and the Kumite. All-out wars. You're getting me excited, Max. The league's excited. Everybody's hyped for it. We see the fight begin, and we get an early round mm. stoppage. No one likes that. No one likes an early round stoppage. No one likes a first round finish. <sighs> but what if there was a way to guarantee that every fight was a multi-round affair? An all-out banger. I love the sound of that, and we have just the product to make that a reality. Introducing Clock Stopper. From Hims, the Climax Delay Wipes. These desensitizing single-use wipes help you control your climax and won't transfer to your partner. Feel all the good stuff for longer. And now, there's a special buy one, get one on Hims with a promo code FFL+. Get the clock stopper, buy one, get one. No prescription required, easy to use, no mess wipes, plays well with condoms, toys, and lube. Clock stopper, climax delay wipes, make every fight a multi-round affair. Those fights in the bedroom, that is. Wipe on, last long, clock stopper from Hims. Yes, yes, please, can you just start There's off by letting a... us know you're, you're okay. Let us know you're all right. Yeah. Um, the took down all the cell towers in the air. It's unbelievable. It's hellfire and brimstone here. I've never seen anything like this. Um, God bless the first responders. Really say, uh, I, yeah. You hear me, Max? Yes. Yeah, you're coming in well. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, Mike, um, I was downtown and uh, a couple of the boys around some and and he said the cabin of hope is on fire uh, so I got in the car I got in the Toyota runner and, um, I, I just literally got out of the car I'm still trying to so I apologize if I'm in the middle of talking to people, figure out stuff. It's, the whole place is on fire. The entire. Uh, now, Mike, what happened? Mike! Mike! Oh, John, is everything okay? We're trying to do a roll call. Um, Mike. Mike was saying he doesn't know if everyone got. Yeah, um, we got Brian. Uh, we've got Corey. We've got Valentina. Valentina's here safe. Brandon Moran. Obviously, Bisping. Um, Trevor Whitman. Gaethje's here. Oh, my God. John, oh what God. is it? Leon. Leon. Where's Joanna? Where's Joanna? I don't see Joanna. I don't care about. I've been here in two fucking weeks. I don't care. 
Where's Joanna? Where's John? Where's John? Jesus Christ. Well, we gotta get someone in there. We have first responders here. We gotta get him in there. Right now. Um, sorry. We're missing key members of our team. Oh. Young Jack is missing. Uh, Jones is missing. Holly Holm is missing. Is Connor is wherever at this point. Hang on. Oh my fucking god. John, what is it? She's out of the house. Put her out. Put her out. Oh, what? What is happening? Oh my god. Oh. Get her someone. Call 911. Call 911. Oh my god. Look for the. Get some. John, I know this is obviously um, an understandably difficult situation right now. If you could please walk us through what you're seeing. We don't have anyone on scene right now. Yeah, so um, we're in a situation right now. Some of our fighters, the, the cabin is completely um, incinerated. I don't know what happened here. We run a tight ship. I have to figure out, but let's go. Um, I, uh, the fire that had blended in and I thought, obviously, staring at fire is a difficult thing to do, but the fire was moving, and it was moving closer to eyes went on fire. Called for someone to put her out. Luckily, we had a fire extinguisher. We're down near the, one of the state garages. Um, was completely on fire. Uh, very bad shit. We I put her out, but this. she's, I don't breathing right now. I cannot believe this. Obviously our thoughts and, and our prayers are with Holly right now. Uh, and they're certainly with you, John, and with the NWO Wolfpack. I, this is, we've never seen anything like this. I can't know what did this. I know that did this which someone did this we're gonna get to the bottom of it we're gonna get to the bye promise you this will be resolved this is devastating we've worked so hard for this everything that we've built every you can hear the emotion there in the voice of John Scarmato. Uh, this is a dark day. I don't day. care, Michael. You this is a find the rest of them. Where is John? Where is I swear fucking God, Connor and this. I'm gonna fucking kill him. This is a dark day in FFL history. Um some Violent, My vicious God. act. My God! We will, uh, we will get you 
all the updates that we can here on the podcast exclusively on FFL Plus. And we're back. Welcome to the Fight Forever League podcast, folks. Here's your host, Max, back at it again. Um, in a much better mood than I was earlier today. Um, excited to talk UFC, FFL, the two great guys. I'll let you guys introduce yourself. You already know, John Scarmato, leader of the NWO Wolfpack. For life! For life! This is Coach Frank, leader of the Bullet Club. Wow. Making my second appearance on the podcast. Go. Super excited. Wow. Frank, been wanting to have you on here for so long. This is your first time back on the pod since Tough. And uh, it's just been so tough, man. It's, it's been, been very so, tough. It's been tough. Yeah, man. Losing out on a lot of fighters, trading them away. Uh, it, it's, been a, it's been a wild time here in the FFL. But the team is ready to go, man. We got the uh, light, lightweight gauntlet tonight. Dustin is ready to go and win this fight. Trying to take out RDA. And then Michael Chandler is in the horizon, and so is Charles Oliveira. Yeah, lightweight gauntlet. We'll definitely get to that, I'm sure. Um, 269. Wow. Yeah, we got to talk about 269. Yeah. It wouldn't be a, a week in the FFL podcast without discussing the aftermath of UFC, more specifically, UFC 269. Boys, we've seen some crazy cards this year, especially the second half of the year. Honestly, it's the best fight year of all time. But UFC UFC 269, outside of the absolute snooze fest between Neil and Ponzinibbio, which was still a good fight. It just shows you the quality of the card. was an absolute banger. A multi-round affair, some would say. Incredible, absolutely this, incredible. This one reminded me of 217 with all the upsets. Yes. Was it Bisping losing to St. Pierre? Yes. Uh, Thug Rose winning the title against Joanna. That was, it was pretty similar, man. And it was, bro, it was, it was just shocking moment after shocking moment. Yeah, I mean, we have to start there. We have to start. We, we with, have to. Yeah. There's been, there's been some major upsets, okay? Uh, Matt Sarah. That's hitting a clean shot yeah. on George St. Pierre. Biggest PA. upset of all time. Massive upset. Then the biggest upset, odds-wise, in UFC history is actually Holly Holm defeating Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. Yes. Which, I think looking at those odds, they were incorrect. Knowing what we know now about both fighters. Yeah. But Rousey it's the being presence. dismantled by Larger Holly, Holly Holm. It was crazy. And now you add Juliana Pena. Juliana Pena. Plus 700. Jesus. Against the almost minus 1,000 favorite of Amanda Nunez. We see Amanda Nunez defeated for the first time in, what, six, six and a half years. Yeah. Um, It was unbelievable. I was sitting on my couch, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. What is your guys' reaction? It was, yeah, like John was just freaking out in the chat. I was hands over my head. You know, that, that shocking feeling like that. Yeah, you're going to be on TV if you do that at a wrestling event. Yeah. Um, in front of the entire family, we're just like, what the hell is going on? Obviously, all the bets are lost just with that one fight. But, yeah, she looked like she gave up, man. And 
it wasn't much of a it wasn't much of a chance that Pena gave her. She said she was going to break her jaw if she would have stayed in it. Yeah, it was shocking. There's no doubt. Hindsight is 2020. We could sit here all day long and talk about the paths to victory for Juliana Pena. We could talk about the ways in which she could have won this fight and that it played out the way it would have played out if you had that strategy. But this is Amanda Nunez. This is the lioness. This is the double champ. The person who not just beat the greatest female fighter of all time. I'm talking about dismantled, knocked out cold Chris Cyborg, who is still dominating in Bellator, by the way. She hasn't gone anywhere. We never got to see that rematch. I wish we did. But Amanda Nunez has been on this role for, to your point, the last six or seven years. And this is the first time in that, uh, that span of time that she's, she's faced adversity in a fight where she has hit someone and they've looked at her and said, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. And you saw the change in round two when Amanda hit her with some clean shots and Juliana was popping the jab, was right there in the fight. And then you could see everything switched. She started panic striking. She was exhausted from grappling in round one and she lost all strategy went out the window. There was no strategic advantage for Amanda anymore. She didn't know how to be defensive in that moment. It was shocking. It was it was definitely a different fighter than the prestige around her as the pound for pound best. Um, she got dominated in round two. She really did. She got clinched, she got taken down, and she got submitted with no hooks in. So let's talk about how round one ended, right? Because you go through round one, you see Pena dropped a couple of times. Um, Outside leg kick dropped. Yeah, leg kick, and it looks like more of the same, right? Because our previous two visual appearances of Amanda Nunez is the 45-second mauling of Megan Anderson. Who is massive. Who is a massive person. Outclassed. Megan got hit with a jab and a straight by Amanda. She was done. And it was over. It was you over. could see the fear in her eyes yeah. of not wanting to get hit I again. I can't believe it. And then she got exotically choked by Amanda. <laughs> with her legs. And then the previous yeah. appearance is a 50 to 40 victory over Felicia Spencer. That's five, 10, eight rounds. Who has a skill set that is not, not Juliana Pena, yeah. but it's. And, the conversation coming out of that fight is Amanda's fixed her cardio issues. These were five completely dominant rounds. There's not a featherweight or anyone in the planet that could probably handle Amanda Nunez right now. She basically did what she wanted to in that fight. She out-wrestled Felicia. She outboxed Felicia. Um, landed everything she wanted to. And we go from that to seeing the first round of this fight where it looked like more of the same. Until, <laughs> until there was about 45 seconds left, a little over a minute left. Amanda has Juliana on the ground. Side control. Side control, advantageous, advantageous position. Smirks at the camera. It's like, wow, this is, a joke. This is more of the same. This is a joke. And then Juliana gets Amanda's arm in position to lock in the Kimura. Yeah. And now for the next minute and 15 seconds or so, Amanda's having to do something she hasn't had to do 
in like six plus years, which is defend a submission. And I mean, you could tell Amanda wasn't comfortable, but it's not like the submission got close. There was never a, a moment where it was locked in or cinched in. Um, but it was definitely at a moment where if Amanda made a wrong move, that arm was going to be put in a Kimura. Yeah. She outlasts the clock. She gets up. She looks a little winded in the corner. She comes out, and there's... I don't think there's anyone on the planet that could have predicted what happened next. No. I mean, on second watch, and I've, I've watched it back... I've watched it three times now. You could tell Amanda was concerned with the Kimura. Yep. The strength of Pena definitely was surprising to Amanda. She had to work to keep defending the submission, even though to the naked eye it looked like she was just inside control and neutralizing. There was some concern. Yeah. There. And in in the second round, Amanda gets off her stool and within ten seconds her mouth is open. She is ble- she is breathing out of her mouth. Yeah. Which is honestly it was very confusing to me. To yeah. see her to see her that exhausted clearly to me Look like an unprepared Amanda Nunez. Look like an unmotivated, unprepared. We, Amanda talk, we talked about the weight cut. Yeah, the big weight cut. Yeah, you can see Pena. She was she's very comfortable on the ground, oh, yeah. and, but she's been working on that boxing man. That jab, she stiffened her, and she looked like Ronda Rousey. When Ronda Rousey got hit by Nunez, that stiff, the way she was walking backwards, that's what it reminded me of. And I was very scared the whole time that second round. I was like, she's gonna be taken down. That that leg is gonna give out. She, it's over. What what I have to say is that I. I wasn't scared for Amanda, right? I thought she was throwing these big, wild shots, and I'm wondering to myself, why is she doing this? Why is she fighting like this? This isn't the technical Amanda Nunez, right? And we've seen Amanda take shots. She took shots for Cyborg. Turns out she can handle those and was landing shots of her own, put Cyborg out. Way more controlled. She took shots against GDR. Yes. And what did she do? She ended up going to the wrestling, out-wrestled GDR, got the victory. She's taking shots against Valentina Shevchenko. What did she do? She, you know, could handle those shots. So we've seen her eat punches. It's not like she's never been punched, right? But to be hit by Juliana Pena by a jab and completely lose, as John said, any sort of defensive fighting tactics, no head movement, no ducking, didn't go for a takedown, didn't... Just eating a jab right up the middle. Just a jab. And it's, it's not... It's a strong jab, but it's not like... Juliana Pena is the best no. jabbing no. boxer. But the jab power goes up by 200% when you're exhausting, exactly. right? And so it was 90 seconds. That firefight on the feet was 90 seconds, and, and there was almost no point in those 90 seconds where Amanda was not throwing massive hooks, massive shots, and missing. She's missing, missing shots. Not landing a And you could tell by the end of halfway through that exchange, she had no guard. She was getting... The jab was getting through constantly from Pena. And the few shots that Amanda did land, absolutely Juliet and Pena felt. Yes, and they were hurt. and they were not they were not stiff, stiff shots. They were rain they, you know, they were just range finding long jabs. Almost I may have broken her orbital bone. I mean the eye was bad. Yeah. Quickly. So I was more shocked that in that moment Amanda didn't find a way to neutralize and play defense maybe maybe go for a takedown maybe shoot a double leg maybe clinch a little bit maybe push her against the cage it looked like she was content with with being it was a lazy strategy it was i'm gonna run this person can hit me with all she wants i just have to land one or two strikes and i'm gonna get done with this so it just to me felt lazy 
And what that tells me is that the rematch is going to be a way different story, in my opinion. Okay. I think Amanda comes back extremely motivated, saying, I just let that go. Like, I let my title go. And she doesn't need much to be motivated, I don't think. I think she's going to get back in there and be a, a very different fighter when she... This rematch has to happen. Yeah. Rematch has to happen. The, yeah. on, the only... Go ahead, Frank. No, I was say, I think, I think the rematch is already confirmed, I think, by Dana. Uh, but why is this going to happen so quickly, though? Like, they're both not injured. Yeah. I know, I know I, Nunes... I don't know that there's off. a date yet. I yeah. mean, I think the logical thing is that Amanda's certainly deserving of a rematch. Yeah. But I think it's going to come down to when she wants to fight for it. Um, and I think if it goes beyond maybe like International Fight Week, they're going to have to book Pena against yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Right? Um, so that's the middle of next summer. If, uh, I mean, I could see them putting it off till then, putting that as like a co-main event on the biggest pay-per-view of the summer, something like that. But otherwise, um, I mean, I think, it, I think it's Amanda's rematch. Yeah, it has but, to be a rematch. I mean, Shevchenko has talked about moving up, yeah, getting a man. fight at Juliana Pena, yeah. GDR against Pena. Yeah. They, they all have I, rematches right there, I guess. So. For sure. I definitely think that the, uh, the fight has a chance to go differently. But I also think it's got a chance to look exactly the same. Because Pena's path to victory was exactly what we just saw. Make it an ugly fight. Get in Amanda's face and make her work until she gets tired. And I, I don't know that, you know, we've expected that Amanda has fixed her cardio issues that she had earlier. It's not like Amanda Nunez is 23 and 1, right? She's lost before. Yeah. And how she's lost before is extremely good first rounds, blitzing her opponents, gassing out, and getting knocked out or defeated later in the fight. And that is what she reverted back to. A great first round, got tired at the end, and the second round she's winded already, and just goes out. So she even said in the in the uh, in the post fight interview with Rogan, I thought I'd you know I thought I'd fix this. Um, had some issues that I you know thought I'd fix. I I just don't know that it's going to look exactly. Um, like we would have expected this fight to look. I think Pena is going to work the jab. I think she's going to make it ugly. I think she's going to make Nunez work. And, um, you know, at 135, a tough weight cut, I don't trust the uh, I don't trust the cardio issues um, of Nunez to, you know, just assume it would go much differently. Um, but knowing the talent level and the skill that Amanda has, I would certainly not pick against her. Um, I don't know, it's tough. And that was only one of the fights on the card. Yeah, that was just, that was just one. It's only one. Uh, wow, what about the card opener? Yeah. Sugar Sean Sugar O'Malley? Sean. More of the same. More of the same. More of what we expected, right? I mean, this guy is, is so exciting to watch. Uh, now, by the way, officially, officially ranked. ranked 13th. 13th. Yeah. In Bantamweight. So he's officially not, he's no longer the unranked champ. No longer, yeah. Um, and look, this was a true test for him. This, uh, Paiva's a great fighter. Um, but again, it's a carefully picked matchup, right? It's, it's not throwing him to the wolves. And Dana, again, was very clear. Like, he doesn't feel like Sean is ready for the upper echelon of the division. 
But he did say they sh- they need to pay him. They have to pay him now, and he's gonna get a ranked he's gonna get a ranked opponent next time. But what can you say? I mean, post fight, he reveals that he had a rib injury that absolutely hasn't limited. He hasn't been able to spar. Hasn't been able to roll. Um, but the striking is so crisp. The micro the micro feints micro that he feints. had, so um, and that that combo to end the fight, going to the digging the body and then yeah. going back up top. What can you say about Sugar Sean? He's he's the most exciting fighter in the UFC. I feel like at this uh, point. I mean, who, who's 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 more exciting? I mean, Hamzat, sure. Tomayev and you know Izzy. Izzy's really, fun. Really yeah. exciting prospects. But though, I mean, I saw everything I wanted to see from him. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, couldn't have asked for a better performance from Sugar Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who does he fight next, though? Does he go into the top ten? Does he fight somebody like? Uh... I'll give you a name. I I have a name. I think I know you. We've all got names. I think we have oh a name. my god! All right. Um, I'll give my name first. Okay. I would like Sean to retire this man. I think it's time. He's had he's had a great career. You don't say. I've been a fan. Don't say it to me. Don't say. I've been a fan. The answer. Um. Don't say. And I think he's you know one more knockout away from having don't, no choice. Don't do it. And. Um, I I need to see Sean against somebody that can pose a threat striking. Because that's another thing. He hasn't fought anybody that can put him down. Right? Cheeto was never going to knock out Sean. He won by TKO because of drop foot. But, I mean, Eddie Wineland had power, but sure. it's on the back end. Um, this man still has power to absolutely sleep someone. And uh, I would like to see Sugar Sean against Cody Garbrandt. I would l- okay. I would like to see it. Okay. Um, another name, if we're looking for someone else, um, Rafael Asuncao. Just get rid of him. Yeah. I would like to Finish see Asuncao. Asuncao is fighting Ricky Simone. Uh, I think win or lose against Ricky Simone, Asuncao would be a good opponent, especially if he beats Ricky Simone. Um, those would be a couple of my picks. Dominic Cruz is a great matchup, but I think off of this win, maybe a bit too early. Yeah. Uh, but I would love that. Rob Fong. That's that's kind of like my my third name. Um, and honestly, I think that I believe that if Sugar Sean and Rob Fong won, Sean would knock him out in the first round. Hundred percent. And it's it's just their fighting styles, and I think that if Sean is fighting somebody that is a striker, it's going to stand up and isn't really going to look to wrestle him. It's just going to open up so much of his offense, um, and I could absolutely see him knocking out Rob Font. What are some names you guys have for Sugar? Yeah, I thought you were going to go with uh, the one I picked, uh, Frankie Edgar. When you said retire him. Uh, yeah. I thought you were going straight for Frankie Edgar's head. Um, still outside the top ten. You know, that could be a little bit of a bump up for him. Maybe gradually move him into the top ten. If you're going straight into the top ten, uh, Marab. Oh, my Get God. Get Marab up there in the top six. That no, would be so. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Just throw him into the wolves yeah. there. Because, I mean, you're not going to get the Cheeto fight again. You're not no. going to get Morayas. You're not going to get Cruz. Oh, you can get Marais. Marlon Marais? Marlon? Yeah, Marlon Marais. Yeah. Coming okay. off the Marab loss, where he looked really good early. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be really worried for Marab. Yeah. 
Marlin, man. Yeah, throw Marab, Marab in there, that'd be top five for him, man. Obviously the top five, but gradually put him in, get Frankie Edgar in there. we got to keep moving on this card, yeah. but I'll just say, I think uh, Song Yadong is a, is a legitimate Song. option. Yeah. Just had a great knockout win. Um, Marlon Marais is a legitimate option. And yeah. if Sean O'Malley wants to have a little bit of incentive to fight Marlon Marais, that's a winner go that that is a winner go home fight. Marlon Marais is out of the UFC if he loses that fight against yeah. Sean O'Malley. Right? That's a four that's a four loss streak. Yeah, it's it's over. You're done. That's rough. Um, I'd like to see the card Brent fight just because of the pre pre fight antics. I just don't know that Cody is content with having a one-and-done option at flyweight. I think he wants to stay for a little while at flyweight. Um, Jim was so bad. He, he, it was, about that, yeah, yeah, let's... The only reason I brought him yeah, up Kai was Kara, for this. Kai Kara France is demanding a title shot. I don't know if he's going to get it, but yeah. he absolutely bolts Cody Garbrandt. That nickname, Don't Blink. Ah, oh, it's tough. He couldn't blink. He could yeah, I'm about to explode, honestly. I'm about to explode, <laughs> That was that was a great fight. Uh, right? Yeah, Kai Car France looks really good. <laughs> We're about to explode. Yeah, yeah. Um, he showed out for he sure. Show um, and you know what? The the one thing that impressed me about Kai Car France um, was first of all the first time that Cody got dropped in the in the fight, I knew it was over. He got up right away. He was egging Kai Car France on. He was so stiff. You could yeah. tell it was it was the end for him, and uh, yeah, and um, Kai Kai being very very disciplined to just walk him down, Patience. find his shot, very accurate, clipped him again, uh, super impressive, super impressive. I don't know where Kai goes from here. I've heard a lot about uh, Cap. Wow, Manel Cap. Manel Manel Cap versus Kai Car France would be an unbelievable fight. I just don't see him getting a title shot right now. Um, Askarov is there, of course, the, the triage. So there's a lot to do for Brandon Moreno, but very impressive. How could you not be impressed? Yeah, absolutely. Kekar France is really good. Uh, hard to go against City Kickboxing, man. <laughs> right now. Um, you know, even Brad Riddell looked amazing. He did. So uh, moving on, Jeff Neal, Ponzinibbio. Jeff Neal makes me look good. Um, Wins a uh, scrappy little decision there. Um, not the not the greatest fight on the card by any means. Uh, and honestly, Dominic Cruz should have been on the main card instead of this because that fight was tremendous, John. Dominic Cruz uh, absolutely shows out against Pedro Munoz. Gets gets hurt bad in the first round. Hangs on, survives and puts in just a clinical second and third round performance to get the W there. Um, I like Dominic Cruz, man. I like Dominic Cruz at 135. Uh, I'd love to see, you know, some of these dream fights. I don't know that we're going to get it, but Aldo Cruz Beautiful would thing. be amazing. Yeah, the sizzle reel for that would be amazing. Yeah. San Hagen Cruz. Oh, San Hagen Cruz. That's, that's, a great, that's a great fight. That could be it. That could be the one. Wow, imagine a, imagine a world where San Hagen drops... One to Cruz, dude. Tough goal to swallow. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't, though. No, I don't think he would be No, I, I actually, I really like Dominic Cruz. I picked him, right, with our picks. Uh, I just thought the foot, it was a perfect matchup for him. Like, the footwork of Pedro Munoz is the complete opposite of Dominic Cruz. Dominic yeah. Cruz 
is the best best footwork that we've seen. So props to him. A little bit of a career resurgence after some injuries. But I think this is probably it for him. His next opponent is either going to be – it's going to be a top-five guy probably, and I feel like any of them stop him. Well, I mean, who doesn't stop Dominic Cruz at this point? Yeah. Aldo – I mean, who it is? I mean, yeah. Um, but that gets us to – the main event. The main the event of the evening. Uh, we, were, we were split on the pod. You were firmly in the camp of uh, Charlie Olives, John, and he proved you absolutely right uh, when you needed it at the end there <laughs> to, to tie up the score. A Fourier win would have submitted me as uh, number one in the picks to end 2022. Sorry, 2021 going into 2022. But uh, Charlie Olives wins. Uh, third round, rear naked choke, backpack, backpack <laughs> which is actually the, the, his the exact same submission he did his in his debut. debut. Bookend, yeah. Uh, Charles Oliveira, what a title defense and what a run this is becoming. You're in a title match where nobody thinks it should be happening. They believe it should be Dustin and whoever. And uh, you, you knock out Michael Chandler after facing some adversity in the first and then your first title defense is against the guy, the uncrowned king, basically. The guy everybody says should be in your spot, should be the lightweight champion. And, uh, again, you eat some big shots, but you dominate in round two. And in round three, you choke him out. You force the, the, the king, so to speak, to tap. It's, it's, uh, it's a hell of a run for Oliveira. It looks like he's going to be running into Justin Gaethje next. And... Uh, my mind's actually changed over the past few days, man. I'm firmly in Charlie Olive's camp now. Big <laughs> jump on the bandwagon. Big Oliveira, yeah, I love that. Big Oliveira love to hear that. bandwagon fan. Bandwagon. Yeah. Same here, bro. Yeah. I, I, I believe he is actually favored now in Vegas against uh, Gaethje. And uh, I, I understand why. Striking is elite. It's elite striking. And he showed that, I think, with some massive, massive knees to the body against Dustin. Um, that compromised him a little bit. They, and they hurt. You can see him grimace a lot when he got hit with that shot. Yeah. And that, that left hook that he put on Michael Chandler? Oof. Yeah. Uh, Oliveira has the goods. Absolutely. I mean, Dustin, Dustin looked good for that first round, getting some shots in, but round two was just a complete joke. Like, that body triangle, he stayed on the floor. Yeah. Uh, they, there was some controversy with the fingers and the, and the gloves, yeah. but I don't think that was much. Oliver pretty much dominated this one. Um, he is the champ that he deserves to be the champ, obviously. But, man, that Gaethje fight, Gaethje better be ready, man. He's going to be fighting on the ground a lot. I think Oliver is going to take him down. We're going to see a different Gaethje. John, what were your thoughts? Yeah, um, I... I feel like this is this is a good case study for us evaluating fights for the future. You know, when you have a fighter who has fought a very specific type of guy for a year and a half, almost two years, um, that definitely plays into our bias towards is this guy the favorite or not. So Dustin being favored was was a byproduct of who he fought previously, right? He fought Connor twice. He fought Justin Gaethje. Um, he had these wins over guys who were strikers primarily. And I think 
you know, it was a little bit of a disservice to, to Charles Oliveira because Oliveira has one of the most well-rounded games in the UFC. I mean, he can grapple aggressively, he can strike pretty at a, at a pretty high level, and he's got the best submission game in all of the UFC. His only weakness is his defense. He's not a defensive fighter. He's not a counter-striker. He is a come-forward guy. And the guy who can starch him, there hasn't been a guy yet, but the guy who could starch him is Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje has the power to put his lights out. Now, we've seen him against Dustin and against Chandler come back from adversity, and he keeps moving forward. Um, But, again, he's got so many ways to win. I love the fact that he's got so many ways to win. If he gets a hold of you and gets you to the ground, it's pretty much over. Um, So the more intriguing fights for me are against the wrestlers, the guys like the Islams of the world. I mean, that's that's my dream fight right now, is to see Islam versus Oliveira. I just think it's a great stylistic matchup. Last thing I'll say is, um, you know, this really does put into perspective Dustin for me. You know, Dustin, again, Hall of Famer, has done so much for the sport, but he's now been subbed twice to a rear naked choke from guys who are superior grapplers. He's got to get back to work and do better at grappling. That's really that's really what I see from Dustin is he's an elite striker, um, but he's not a great grappler, and he's got to fix that if he's going to be a champion. Tough night for American top team. Yeah, absolutely. Really tough. Really tough. <laughs> really, really tough. And on that note, we'll uh, yeah. be back on the other side with some FFL news. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, boys. See you at the top.